have seen the best, I have fought the best, and I've beaten the best. You can't hide from the dead man. Undertaker, when that bell rings, I don't have a soul either. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. And I'm Linton. <laughs> you know, I want you guys to know that that was the first time that I have done the intro without having to read what our catchphrase is. <laughs> really? Yeah, re- review, relive, and rank. I always forget the order. That was the first time. Well, the, the order doesn't really matter, right? I mean, we do all those things uh, no matter what order we do them in. <laughs> That's true, but 15 episodes point. in, I thought, why the hell not? Give it a go. That's why, not? Freak- <laughs> why not? I just figured I'd bring up my Undertaker impression. Well, I think you should, because just like that was my first time um, nailing the intro solo. Uh, this is our very first Undertaker match on the list of the 100 greatest of all time. Yeah, how about that? Um, so, in celebration yes. of SmackDown's big move to the Fox Network on Friday nights, I thought we should cover one of the greatest matches in SmackDown history. And no, you may say this match was not on SmackDown. You would be correct. Um, but both of these guys cemented what it meant to be a SmackDown superstar. And this feud was probably pretty memorable for uh, this match in particular is really important to SmackDown history. Uh, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And it's and it's really like this was from a SmackDown branded pay-per-view, you know, right. so I think it totally counts. It fits. OK, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it fits. I've had a couple of drinks today, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> well, uh, what I think is interesting is pretty much once the brand split happened, Undertaker was like exclusive mm-hmm. to SmackDown. Yeah. And Kurt Angle spent a lot of his time over there as well. He did go to Raw briefly and then come back to SmackDown and then went to ECW and then had a few DUIs and then left the company. Mm, I didn't realize he left because of DUIs. Well, that's not... I mean, that was a contributing factor. Huh. They they were afraid he was going to die on their watch. Oh. Yeah. Well, I did hear that he had a tough time. And so when Angle left, he got some help, got better, and had a hell of a run in TNA. Oh, and those, absolutely. Those first couple of years, he was kind of spiraling, but he was having great matches. He was. I mean, Kurt Angle. He's already on the list. Yeah, he, he's, oh, yeah. Uh, he's sitting at dead last on the list right now, 14th with uh, Shane McMahon. Well, he's not sitting at dead last. The best in the world is, shitting, is sitting at best last. He's shitting at best last, he too. Is. Yeah, he, he's shitting down there. Um, Sorry. No, seriously, uh, Angle is synonymous with greatness in the ring. Yep. I mean... I'm surprised that we don't have more. We're definitely going to have more later. Uh, there's a couple matches in particular. I know people have been clamoring for this tag team match, the Angle, Benoit, Rey Mysterio, Edge mm-hmm. match. That's that's coming up, guys. It's yeah, got to be. It has to. Um, so we'll definitely see a little bit more of Angle. We'll definitely see a little bit more of Taker. Uh, but I chose this match not only because I absolutely destroyed you guys <gasps> in trivia. <laughs> Can we not discuss this, please? But How it, many... How many points did you have? Do you Shut remember? Up, stop talking. I Enough don't... to win. A lot more than us. How many points did you have? We had a combined. <laughs> Paul combined. We had three points. 
I'm going to put my sunglasses back on if we don't move. Uh, if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, it is so we had so much fun uh, doing that. Thanks to Hope for putting all that together. It was for a us. blast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to call this out right now. There were no shenanigans on, on the game at all. Landon just knows more about the modern product than I you do. Know, you know what the sad thing is? Is that I listened back to it to you know just to kind of you know quality assurance. Type We're of all thing. narcissists here. It's yeah, fine. it's fine. And I still didn't know the answers to the questions. <laughs> That only, is pretty bad. I, I remembered like three uh, of them. I was like, I don't know because, what the hell this is. Granted, it was the three that I was beating myself up the most yeah. for. <laughs> a couple of them came up and you were mentioning people. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. But you're absolutely right, Landon. By virtue of the slaughter in our trivia bonus episode, you did select from No Way Out, February 19th, 2006, from the first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, Kurt Angle versus The Undertaker for the World Heavyweight championship so it's interesting for me thinking back on undertaker's return in 2004 they had buried literally the american badass it was done in 2003 and taker did not want to come back as the phenom he loved the freedom that he had to be himself and to do more things in the ring, to be a little bit more diverse in what he was able to do. Whereas he felt that if you're stuck in this phenom persona, you've got to be slow and, and you know meticulous and intimidating. Um, but he, he had the best matches of his career when he came back. <laughs> this match in particular is a testament to his ability to be multidimensional as the phenom. Yeah, Agre- oh, yeah completely yeah. agree. If you watch this, as sort of a one-off and you're not even familiar with like the feud itself or whatever it may be, you watch this and you think this is a side of undertaker that I don't know if I've ever seen. Yeah. I think at this point, cause he had been back for two years as phenom. He wasn't really having these faster paced matches like this. And he sure as hell was not selling like he sells in this match. He, he, was, he still played the zombie no sell gimmick and he was slow lumbering dead man. So it's, it's really interesting to see him to quote Steve Austin. He sells on the run in this match. Yeah, yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And this match, guys, is 29 minutes and 38 seconds. It's, it's our longest singles match to date. Yeah, this is, this is a half hour. And that's another thing that you don't, like, if, you, if, you, if I told you that it was going to be a half hour Undertaker match, you would say, man, he throws a lot of punches. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's <laughs> well, kind of what you think. Do, that's, that sort of methodical, slow-moving Undertaker, especially if he's going to last that long. But that's really not what this is. It, it really isn't. And it, it, I think why I love this match and why it belongs on this list is because I think it is just the definition of a smart wrestling match. Oh, I agree. And to your point about it being 29 minutes, it doesn't feel like 29 minutes when you watch it. No. Like, I, they, we have matches on our list that are like half the length that feel longer. Yeah. Like, uh, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat feels longer and it's 10 minutes shorter. <laughs> so, this is one of the greatest holy shit out of nowhere feuds that we've received <laughs> oh yeah yeah it definitely like it it comes we have it for like three weeks and then it's gone again and we that's it it had little or nothing to do with uh what the other guy was doing at the time uh it did not have a follow-up at wrestlemania the next month which is a travesty um but we did get what, what we did get is one of the most exhilarating and memorable encounters inside a WWE ring. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. At the Royal Rumble, January 2006, <laughs> Kurt Angle is defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Mark Henry. Yes. Uh, match lasts about nine minutes. Classic. 
<laughs> probably won't be on this list. You know, no. <laughs> Mark Henry. I love Mark. Let's talk Henry, about Mark but... Henry. Yeah, sexual chocolate. He'd been on a tear at the time, right? He's he's breaking down people left yeah. and right. He's injuring people. Literally, and that's kind of his gimmick. Yeah, that is who he is in the wrestling business. He's the guy that's going to hurt you. But it wasn't for another five years before he like got really, really good and had an amazing main event run. He sure did. That was fun. Henry with the belt. Yeah. Oh yeah. We should talk about the Hall of Pain at some point. We should. I mean, I have a lot of respect for Mark Henry. I think. Oh, for sure. He was. He had a similar kind of angle in that you know him and Kurt were both Olympians, mm-hmm. and uh, they were really, really. It was really impressive to see how they could translate that world to this world. And uh, part of me wishes that they could have been a little bit more creative with his booking. Yeah, I mean, the booking team didn't ever have anything good for Mark until that's why I feel like the Hall of Pain was basically him going, all right, fine. Not going to take me seriously? I'm going to make you take me seriously. And he went out there and he just legit, he's, they made it seem like he was taking liberties with people and he wasn't. He was being as safe as he could be, but the nature of his in-ring style looks like he is breaking people in half. This may be my favorite angle that we get in WWE. 2006 Angle is doing incredible work. He's changing his look. He's changing up the music a little bit. Kurt Angle says in uh, one of the SmackDowns, uh, the build-up to the match, I can beat people in ways I haven't even invented yet. And it's so true. Man, that's good. It's so true. He won the belt by showing up on SmackDown for a battle royal for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship dropped by Batista due to injury. And this was a shocker because at the time, Angle was a Raw superstar. And they didn't jump around very often back then mm-hmm. like you see now. Not my one complaint. Uh, you know, hopefully this... Oh, he didn't use the wild card rule? No, no, no. That wasn't a, that wasn't a thing. That oh. wasn't a thing. I could have I swore. There, Maybe there I misremembered. No, there was no wild card. There was no superstar shakeup. There was no supplemental draft. There was the draft. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is why WWE really needs to... I'm, I'm not telling them what to do, okay? You know, but really... <laughs> As a dedicated fan who's been watching for decades, I've only been alive for a couple of decades, but okay, this is why WWE really needs to uh, take the new draft seriously. It's an opportunity to keep people separate again, to make more opportunities for moments like this. Mm -hmm. Oh shit moments. Because you don't get those when you see everybody every week. No, you don't. Uh, So And and the way that they use it as a storyline element, it was Angle's contract had gone up. How real is that? Like, it's, it's not, oh, I'm here now, ha, 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 and then sweep it under the rug. It's, yep, my contract was up with Raw. I'm coming to SmackDown. It just, it feels like a fucking sport. Also, I want to point out that Paul Heyman is the one that walks out with him. That's kind of dropped immediately, but Heyman walked like, ha, I brought, oh, that's, not, that's terrible. <laughs> I brought Kurt Angle out with wow. me. Wow. You know, one of the things that has been the best at Vineyard Impressions I am sorry that that one happened. My Heyman one's not very good. So, yeah, the, like we said, the match with Henry lasts nine minutes. Uh, Angle retains, and we get the gong. Oh, I was oh, afraid you were going to gloss over the greatest thing in the history of wrestling. <laughs> we get the gong. We get the blue lights. We get the druids. The Undertaker comes out on a cart. <laughs> it's amazing. It is not a cart. It is a 
horse-drawn carriage. <laughs> a horse-drawn carriage? And there's a torch on Okay. It's so, a buggy. <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's a white horse, which obviously signifies Armageddon. Pale horse. <laughs> no, I'm serious. The yeah, yeah. thing is, I, I saw a pale horse, and the rider was death. Oh, there you go. Undertaker, yeah. death. There yeah. you go. Well, I actually didn't hate it. Oh, I, lo- oh, I loved it. I loved it. It, it, and it made a lot of sense. It like kind of brought the whole thing together because the theming for that year's Royal Rumble was like gladiator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the the they had like the the chandeliers and the torches the everywhere. Roman architecture. They had like the guys opening and closing. Yes. the gates which was the entrance. best. Yeah, which was the were. best. Just two oh, jobbers. Yeah. Huh. Surely they are somebody now. Yeah, you would think. Maybe. I probably guessed them wrong in the trivia game. <laughs> Yeah, that it, too. It may have been uh, Thomas Whitney and Cedric <laughs> von Houston von Houston from Liechtenstein, <laughs> the champion of Liechtenstein. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So Taker comes out. He signifies an interest in the world championship. Angle is in the ring, clinching the belt, terrified. I just love this because Taker goes. Kurt, you have something that I want. Well, that, yeah, that was the next week. He raises, the, no, he raises his hands up, and then lightning strikes the ring. Oh, yeah. The posts explode, and the ring starts to shake and collapses. With Angle inside. And so Angle is doing a great job selling it as terrified. It's so stupid, it, but it's amazing. It's stupid and amazing, and this is why we love pro wrestling. Oh, right, my God, but I it's one of those. Love wrestling. Like, when was the last time we had an Undertaker mis- mythical moment? You know, like oh, that? it's been a while. Well, and this one in particular is very special yeah. because when's the last time you get actual special effects on WWE TV? I mean, usually, if they're going to have pyro, they'll have pyro, but it's mm-hmm. real pyro. And the stuff you see in the ring, you know, they know what they're doing, but it's the real shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking the bumps. They know how to take the bumps properly. Yeah. They put in special effects of lightning. Like, mm-hmm. Undertaker did not produce lightning out of his fingers. That was special effects for people watching at home. What I like what they do, because we saw this at WrestleMania 34, is to simulate the lightning, they would shend out basically a series of small, like little flashes on like a line. And then they would just trace over that on, on the monitor with like the lightning effects. So it's like a, it looks like a lightning bolt has gone off in the arena, but then you see it on TV, it's like, oh no, it's like, purple energy like yeah. he's the emperor from star from star wars it's amazing yeah i wonder if maybe that's what they did because it did look very good mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. it, it looked very convincing um but next week on smackdown undertaker goes out uh explains to kurt that that's the one thing he desires like paul said world heavyweight championship you which, have my grill just as an aside god i miss that belt it's so beautiful oh i that was the There's, first thing i thought when i saw it there's no excuse to not have that belt right now. No excuse. I completely agree. There's so much prestige. I mean, how many times did Ric Flair hold that belt? Mm-hmm. It's the big gold belt. It means so much to the business. I was going to say, I mean, it's common knowledge that... Actually, no, no. According to Raw, he's had it 17 times. Uh, we can get into that? <laughs> no. I Let's but, move uh, on. But 16. <laughs> actually, he has not. He's held it 14. He held the WWE Championship twice. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, Kurt comes out. They have a stare down. Kurt shows him a little bit of respect, uh, but claims that 
he is the best in the world. He says, you may be the phenom, but I'm a wrestling machine. We don't have very much in common. But when that bell rings, I don't have a soul either. When that bell rings, I don't plan on resting in peace. I plan on breaking your ankle in pieces. See, but I like, I like to think the reason why, why Undertaker came out to interrupt Kurt's celebration is that he saw the booking for WrestleMania. It was like, I don't want to wrestle Mark Henry. Kurt, give me your belt. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but you're absolutely right. So it kind of speaks to like how like individual this is. You know, going the match before the Kurt Angle Undertaker match at No Mercy is Randy Orton Rey Mysterio for Rey Mysterio's spot at WrestleMania. And Randy Orton wins. They end up having a triple threat match. And Undertaker does end up facing Mark, Mark Henry. Henry. Right? Well, actually, the next week on SmackDown, The Undertaker is matched up against Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting how they play this off. So Undertaker and Kurt Angle are both faces at this time. Right? So they are both these larger-than-life heroes that the crowd wants to cheer. And they do a classic face-versus-face angle where Kurt comes out and saves Taker in the match because, mm-hmm. you know, Henry's doing some dastardly whatever. You know, he actually has Davari as a manager at the time. Which makes no sense, but that's not important. Whatever. Uh, I really like this segment because it's... This is obviously a filler feud. You know, this is not destined to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio was already set to face the world champ at WrestleMania, or now it's Randy Orton, already set to face the world champion at WrestleMania. But they still found a way to keep me invested in this match by putting the two top faces in the company, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And you just knew they were going to tear the house down. Oh, yeah. They, they fucking do. Spoiler alert. And, that, and that's what happens in Baltimore. Yeah, and that's and that's how we get there. So again, you know, we're in in mid February. It's the last stop before WrestleMania 22. Uh, just as a reminder, on commentary is Michael Cole and Taz, of course, the voices of SmackDown at this time, and the referee, that no good son of a bitch, Nick Patrick. That's right. That's right. So when the entrances happen, first of all, a, again, just a flashback to specific sets for different pay per views. So we have sort of the combination lock for No Way Out, which is kind of fun, uh, but. Angle, when he comes out, he comes out first. He's got the, the belt on. It's gorgeous. And he is just intense. I have to point out, he's also wearing a black singlet. Yep. This is how Angle was just kind of changing up how he did things. So when he debuted on Raw, he was wearing that same black singlet. It looks so good on him. Mm-hmm. But notice, he's not getting the you suck chance when he comes out. No, I did notice that. It was very quiet when he came out. I mean, you heard a couple. It was a very minimal you suck chance. Because at the time, he was Superface. And what he would do is he would always come out second. It helped being the champ. Um, and his opponent would be in the ring. And so he would just point at them, you suck. Mm-hmm. And, the, and people would chant with him, you suck at his opponent. It was great. I love it, but you got to think about this and think Undertaker always comes out second because if he comes out first, that amazing entrance, and then has to stand in the corner right. for the next two minutes, like it would completely ruin the mystique of, his, of, his, of yeah. him coming out. The Undertaker's whole gimmick is pretty much centered around his entrance and his demeanor being extremely intimidating. Yeah, so like I said, if he comes out first and has to stand in the corner... It while defeats Kurt, the whole purpose. Yeah, it's like, okay, that was an awesome entrance, but how's that going to psych out your opponent if they come out next and right. his entrance here is not all that different from most of his entrances but there's one thing that i 
noticed that really stood out. And that's normally when I think about the Undertaker's entrance and the smoke that goes along with it, I think about it kind of at his feet. And he sort of glides through the smoke where you almost can't tell if he's walking or gliding, right? But in this instance in particular, he's entirely in smoke. Yeah, like it's coming from the top. It's coming from around him. And it is awesome. It just kind of appears like, boom, he's there. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I, we, uh, me and Land discussing this earlier. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a scaled back Undertaker. And so I'm used to him having lightning and having the, the fireballs. I actually really enjoy just blue lights, smoke. And then he just appears in the smoke. And then comes to the ring. I really, really like that. And that's normally the time where they would show the the opponent in the ring and they're looking like they're scared to death or whatever it may be. But Kurt Angle looks as intense as ever. Oh, yeah. It comes he, to Kurt. He's like, mm-mm. He's like got that mouth guard in. And he's like chewing on Like, let's do this. See, what I thought that stood out to me mm-hmm. during Undertaker's entrance this time around. It was a great moment because Michael Cole and Taz just shut up and watched mm-hmm. you don't get that nowadays right anytime when someone's coming to the ring you're typically hearing michael cole go on and on about what they had for breakfast that morning yeah like it's non-stop cole in your face yeah this michael cole is great michael cole oh he's really good and and to your point like he doesn't they're not saying a lot during Undertaker's entrance. Like, they're pretty quiet. But once Undertaker gets in the ring, once the hat comes off, and once they're really about to get started, Michael Cole says, Kurt Angle, perhaps the best pure wrestler ever. Undertaker, perhaps the best pure striker ever. And it just frames this match so oh, yeah. perfectly. It really so does. So perfectly. It really does. And you see that in the opening moments of the match. Yeah. It really does play out. Another thing Michael Cole says is this is one of the biggest main events in SmackDown history. I couldn't agree more. This is why we're talking we about it right now. Yeah. Then he says something that I have a huge point of contention with. Mm. He says, neither of these men have ever tapped out. I was wondering if you were going to mention this. Oh, yes. I'm going to mention that. I should have known. And when I first heard about, okay, this is this is 2000 and, oh, wait a minute. This is pre-Benoit tragedy. Uh it's a pretty big and well-known fact that Kurt Angle tapped out to Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 17. Uh, he also got to Chris Jericho as well as Jericho, but that's not important. Also, these two feuded back in the American Badass era, and they had a match on the September 30th episode of SmackDown, which ended with The Undertaker tapping out to the ankle lock, but the referee didn't see it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that means it didn't happen. So. It, but the point is, it happened, and they were like, oh, I never tapped out. Oh, the referee didn't see it. And then he just rolls up Kurt and beats him. Yeah. But the same exact same finish to the 2015 SummerSlam match with Brock. Mm-hmm. Exact same thing. Like, he tapped out to psych out the opponent. Only the, the timekeeper didn't fuck up and ring the bell, though. But the point is, like, oh, no, he's tapped out. It's happened before. So don't tell us it hasn't happened when it has. And it's like a big, like, if you Google Undertaker versus Kurt Angle, Two matches come up. This match and the match from SmackDown where Undertaker taps out. <laughs> so don't tell me that he's never tapped out. You're lying. Just a brief as- aside. Uh, you know how I'm a big fan. I've mentioned this several times. Is that I love a big championship graphic. When they you know, put the belt on the screen and you know, this is the World Heavyweight Championship match. I-, I love that. Like I really love that. I hate this graphic. It's trash. It's terrible. It's just a quick note that I had for myself. It's like, because ching, ching. while I was watching <laughs> it. 
it's it is never it's, been my favorite it's like 0.2 seconds it looks like film reel it's ridiculous and i hate it and we're moving on past it yeah so i love the early on we do get the striker versus grappler right off the bat angle gets the kind of first win in the battles here and he gets a, he gets a waist lock after undertaker tries to make it a striking game he keeps it grappling um and i thought you know this is circular storytelling um, based on what happens at the end. But <laughs> Taker, interestingly, begins working on Angle's arm very yeah. early yes, on. Yes, yeah. it's very, very interesting. Like He just, just starts whipping out like these key locks, and then he, he does my favorite sequence. He doesn't do it very often, but every single video game that comes out, he has this sequence where he does the arm wrench and then he picks them up by their arm and holds them there mm-hmm. and like drops them down and then like basically just grabs that shoulder and just pulls them to the mat and then puts them in a short arm scissors. That sequence is in every single 2K game, but he never fucking does it anymore. It's beautiful. It was really interesting to me because you didn't typically see him focus on the arm quite as much as he does here. He does have moves that do it. You know, old school focuses on yeah. the arm. The lift He's done before. Mm-hmm. We know it's in his repertoire. But we see key locks. We see arm twists. We see him really narrowing in. And it's foreshadowing what's about to happen. Yeah, there are a few times that, you know, in any Undertaker match that I remember where he's really singling out a limb, you know, and really targeting something like that. Typically, he's striking and intimidating. Right. Pretty much. Exactly. And and this is how he controls the first three or four minutes of this matchup. You know, he hits the old school. He, he hits Snake Eyes. And then he misses the follow-up boot, which leads to Angle grabbing his first bit of the momentum with a German suplex. Very, very stiff German suplex. Oh, it's it's so good. It's so, so good. So up to this point, I was totally anticipating to have heard several blurps, but I've only counted one uh, throughout the whole match. Um, A blurp? Yep. What what is that? Paul? Blurp! (laughs) So The Undertaker... If you haven't followed his Instagram feed, um, makes this beautiful noise when he lifts. Oh, it's amazing. So I have to give credit to this one. I I didn't, I never noticed this, uh, but after listening to the AE podcast, uh, Adam Bibolo brought this to my attention. Every time he does uh, pretty much any lifting motion, he just goes, Every single time, like go go watch any Undertaker versus Randy Orton match. It's it beautiful. Just, oh God! And when he does start letting the grunts out, they're amazing. But another thing that's amazing, grunt wise, Nick Patrick, that is a grunty man. <laughs> when he's doing the count out, one, two, Kurt, get him back in the ring. Uh. He had a concrete <laughs> smoothie that morning. Uh, here's the thing about Nick Patrick. I also hate the way he counts pinfalls. <laughs> oh Why God. is he the only referee that takes a full like lay down nap while he's counting? He sure does. Like he's he's on his shoulder or like basically lying down on his side when he counts, and it's a little bit distracting. And I hate it. Uh, he got to make sure them shoulders are down. I, well, I guess does. he's getting real close to the mat. He hits one. And he like shakes his hand to like double check, and then two, I, I hate it. <laughs> So we have a couple of gripes, but one thing that I really love, and this is actually on commentary, um, Taz talks about a conversation he had with The Undertaker three years prior when he said he saw Kurt Angle, Undertaker said to Taz that he saw Kurt Angle as one of the best ever 
and that he would love to beat him in a match. I love the realism with this. He didn't say, oh, I was just backstage talking to, you know, like you always hear, and you're just like, whatever, that's bullshit. He said, you know, I talked to Taker a few years ago about this, and now we get to see it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. It just felt so real to me. I appreciated it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It makes it seem like this is a goal that The Undertaker has had for a long time. It makes this sort of out of nowhere feud make a little bit more sense. Oh, yeah, I agree. Which, which it needed a little bit. It did. Because it was kind of out of the blue. Yeah. You know? Well, as going on, we get some very interesting offense by Undertaker. He does like a, he does like the CM Punk, like the running shining wizard in the corner. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this? It's a different kind of Taker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, he goes to the well again, and it does not go so well. But uh, what I love about this is um, he gets like they we get some some beautiful barricade and ring post. Uh, action here which spencer i know you love it so much oh yeah you know i love a barricade spot but i will say this nobody jumps from the apron to the barricade better oh no than the dead man oh uh, but then i just he just picks up i'm sorry kurt picks him up and throws him into the ring post which is your 2k19 strategy <laughs> <laughs> and and then we get you know the stereotypical vintage undertaker you know leg drop on while well, angles on the apron which is just it's been so long since i've seen that oh, look yeah. as devastating as it did in this moment it really did you well, know he like, can still jump at this point yeah it's it is it really is vintage and it really is beautiful but once they get back in the ring we have our first choke slam attempt of the match and i really love this little sequence because angle reverses it by just kicking undertaker's knee yeah, he kicked his knee his knee and this is so this is important because this is sort of where the match starts to turn but angle kicks the undertaker's knee and then undertaker hits this phenomenal throat thrust oh to kind gosh. of get back to level ground it's it's really really good it's like mate that was a receipt that was real yeah <laughs> yeah but well, the focus goes to the knee now yeah and and i noticed that every time angle tries to go for a strike taker puts him down oh mm-hmm. every single time this is his specialty this is what he's known for is his strikes and so it was interesting to see that play out just like we see Kurt Angle ruling the on the mat work and the the German suplex work. Oh yeah, yeah, and just like how the Undertaker is intimidating, and you see that you see that he is intimidating in the way he fights in the ring. Now with the way this match turns with the knee, you see how strategic and how tactical and how smart Kurt Angle is. He's like a he's a hunter once that knee starts being hurt oh, yeah. he because blood. that's it. He is solely focused on that knee of the Undertaker, including a figure four leg lock on the ring post on oh, the outside, yeah. which is always great. He just goes after it again and again. Oh, yeah. But while he's doing the corner ring post, that's where I started to notice Nick Patrick, the one, two, three, Kurt, get it back in the ring. And then Kurt goes back in the ring and some dickhead just goes, you suck, Kurt. So that's a great point, though. Angle wrestles dirty in this match. Very dirty. Which suits him so well. I, oh, I always perfect pref- for this character. Yeah. I always preferred heel Angle. Um, but, you know, they both go into this match as faces. So it's just interesting to see. He doesn't break after four counts on the ropes. He does, he does the figure four in the post. Like, these are despicable acts, you could say. Um, but I feel like it's really coming more from a place of desperation in Angle. Well, everything else he's tried has not worked. So it's like, all right, well... I'm going to destroy your legs. I don't care what I have to do to do it. So 
there's even a point where he goes for a cover just after he rolls Taker into the ring after doing the figure four on the outside. And he immediately goes for the cover. And it's like, did you really think you were going to get the pinfall for that? No, like, but it's no, but he's desperate mm-hmm. and you can see it on his face. And it just really told the story of the match that much more for me. Oh, I com- I completely agree. And when he gets further and further into that desperate, you know, I have to really do some kind of dire things in order to try to win this match. He gets put back on the apron. The Undertaker goes for the vintage light drop one more time and he misses. I misses and then it immediately turns into an ankle lock. Yeah, yeah. And Kurt, not only oh. does he apply the ankle lock while the Undertaker is outside the ring, but when they're about to get countered out for the 10 count for out of the ring, he angle let's go the ankle lock gets back in the ring rolls back out and then puts puts it back back on on. so this is one of the things that i've always loved about kurt angle that i don't understand why we don't see more of he was playing possum on the apron he knows Mm -hmm. undertaker's repertoire he's already done it once in the match if i lay on the apron long enough he'll come and do a leg drop on me so i'll just lay here and so when he went for the leg drop he caught the leg on the way down and put it in an ankle lock. He's just a genius in-ring tactician. And I don't see why more people wouldn't take the playing possum approach. You just don't see that anymore. It was a Kurt Angle thing, really. Oh, it, and it was and it was so perfectly executed. It made the most sense. It made the most sense. Once he finally breaks the ankle lock and gets Taker back into the ring, he does a double leg takedown on oh, the Undertaker. Yeah, immediately. Which, how many times have you seen the Undertaker getting taken down with a double leg? Well, okay, so let's, let's go back to that for yeah. a second because this was, you know, I, I love this match. I'm the one that chose it. Yeah. Couple gripes. Okay. Here's one. It would have been so smart of Kurt Angle, and I thought this is what he was doing. He got him outside, like we talked about, put him back on the outside to put the ankle lock back on, and he waited until the ref counted to eight, and he goes in the ring. Well, you just put the ankle lock on the guy. He's probably going to be down for another couple of seconds. You could have won the match with a 10 count right there, but that's not what he does. Well, he rolls back He picks out. him back up and rolls Undertaker back in the ring. Well, I think I'm actually really good with that because these two guys, especially as faces in this match, a count-out victory isn't what either one of them respectfully exactly. would want. And we're actually going to get into that a little bit more in a moment, but um, the short term is he didn't want to beat him that way. Yeah, these guys want to beat each other, right? Yeah. So I, I get it. You're absolutely right. And that's it's sort of the wrestling logic thing that and, well, I totally, is hard to play around I with. totally get that. And later in the match, mm-hmm. we see that particular thing play out. But in this moment, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, so I, I, I heard, I heard you come from. Yeah, I, I get it. Angle uh, ends up throwing uh taker to the mat with that double leg takedown. And that normally I was like, wow, like I never see that. That's super bizarre. But then all of a sudden it makes a whole lot of sense because undertaker gets that triangle choke for the first time. And I was shocked because normally we're used to seeing him lock that in and the whole arena goes, <gasps> everyone like has a stroke because, Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh wait a minute. This is like, two years for the Hell's Gates a thing. He's just doing a triangle hold. And <laughs> I was just like, it took, it took me a second to realize the crowd's not losing their minds. Every time he does this now, everyone like goes insane. Well, he hadn't done it a lot. I mean, it was something I think he did a little bit as American Badass. So that's kind of how he was able to introduce it yeah. was because you don't think of the phenom Undertaker doing things like this. Yeah, no. And so... That was kind of his thing. He's like, if I'm going to come back as a phenom, I'm still going to do what I want to do. 
and it worked. It was it 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 just made sense to me because the the way it happened, it was kind of this like rising from the dead. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's you put it perfectly. I mean, you really did, especially because now, you know, you can't choke slam with a hurt knee. You can't choke slam from the mat. You can't tombstone from the mat. But you sure as hell can put in a triangle choke from the mat. Oh yep. yeah. And then we get my favorite moment in this match. They go back on the outside, and Taker just throws Kurt into the timekeeper's area. And he lands square on Tony Chimple's lap. <laughs> and, then, and then the chair breaks. <laughs> and you, and then Taz, the first thing Taz says after that happens is, Better Chimple than yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> and they, just, they mock him. <laughs> They're totally leave, making fun of Chimple. Leave him alone. It's the best. It was it was not an ugly, like it was not a nice moment. Like Chimple, like... <laughs> it, was it was beautiful. I loved it. Uh, the fact that you know, ch- what else I loved they spent the time to undress one announce table. Oh, this is so good. And then put someone through the other one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take her really rips off the top of the table. And then Kurt Angle slams with the Spanish announce table. Yeah, just when you think, oh, maybe we'll actually do the American announce table. Nope, there it nope. goes. Fuck <laughs> you, Spanish announce table. <laughs> An Angle slam through the other announce table, by the way. so And this is when we get to the period of where the count gets up to eight. Taker's not even on his feet yet. And Patrick's like, None, and then Kurt Angle grabs Nick Patrick. What the fuck are you doing? And just this, like the amount of beeps. I'm like, holy shit, what's going on here? Like, no, nah, I'm gonna beat him in the ring. And he goes, well, then get him back in the ring, Kurt. And then he goes back to finish the ten. Kurt rolls out, and you can see Patrick. What are you doing? And then he- <laughs> <laughs> this is actually when sort of a, a kind of gross moment happens in this match. It's it's really, yeah, yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Angle gets back out of the ring. He goes to try. We're 20 minutes into the match now, right? So we're we're pretty deep in. We're 20 minutes in. And Angle goes to get Taker to roll him back into the ring. And he gets bounced off the steps. Like, Taker throws him into the steps. Oh, but then, like, he catches his Adam's apple on, like, the piece of the broken table. Yeah. Yeah, the, the part of the oh. table that wasn't broken that Undertaker just threw off, like, the, the cover of the table happened to be standing up vertically. And Kurt Angle, when he hits the, the steps, he falls... Down throat first. and throat first onto oh it's yeah oh, you can always tell when something like somebody gets hurt because they immediately cut away to Undertaker like looking like <laughs> and when they cut back to Kurt he's like <laughs> he's like holding his throat and like just dry heaving I'm like is he okay <laughs> it was a don't try this at home moment yeah for you sure. know when I think uh, I don't see a whole lot of like throat injuries that are legitimate that happen in, in the ring. But it made me think of uh, Triple H and Rob Van Dam from the Elimination Chamber. Oh. Oh, yeah. That one, that one was much, much worse. But it doesn't make me think of. Uh, but they get back into the ring. Kurt and, and Kurt I, Angle. I got one worse. Do you? Sid coming off oh, the top. Oh, right. shut up. Shut No. <laughs> ah, moving on. No. Okay, so go back in the ring and then. <laughs> Angle takes advantage of the. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. I I'm, hate you. Yeah. I'm, I can't. Kurt, Kurt Angle takes advantage of the Undertaker going to the top rope because why the hell would the Undertaker go to the top rope except to get belly thrown off the top oh, rope? Oh God, belly to belly over it. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's and Undertaker's landing is not pretty either. No. Not even a little bit. But he takes it, and it's a big moment. That's a big dude to get thrown off the top. So, and like, and then we get to my favorite sequence in this match. You've said that before. <laughs> <laughs> this is your second favorite sequence of the match. I th- 
I think he's a favorite model. Undertaker, first time. Undertaker goes for a choke slam. The choke slam gets reversed to the ankle lock. Taker rolls out of the ankle lock and locks in the triangle hold. And then Kurt like does a forward roll out of the triangle hold and then back into the ankle lock. And I'm like, holy shit. Angle can reverse any move into an ankle lock, and it's truly amazing. And then I'm just, holy shit. And then whenever Taker, he breaks out of it by like repeatedly heel stomping Kurt on the forehead, and he breaks it, and then we do get a choke slam! The height on that choke slam. <laughs> oh, it's so uh, good. To the rafters. And then because Nick Patrick doesn't know how to count, the fans think he counts three. When he pins angle, it's because he when he goes like one and then checks his shoulder, but it, he goes like one and then and then check the shoulder and then two and then everyone's like yay three, but then Kurt kicks out. I'm like, no, that was two, <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Nick? But Paul, like you said, what an incredible sequence. Oh yeah, it's, it's insane. I was really impressed at the technique that Kurt Angle, I'm sorry, that Undertaker uses to escape the ankle lock. Because what he does is he rolls over, pulls his leg to his chest, and puts on the triangle choke. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was very methodical. Yes. And I was I was impressed at how smart that motion was. Right, it made a whole lot of sense. It made yeah. a whole lot of sense. And then, so the choke slam doesn't work, right? So what does the Undertaker do after a choke slam doesn't it work? goes for the last ride, which we have not seen in a long time. And that last ride gets reversed into another ankle lock. So we just saw it with the choke slam, and we see another really great sequence there where Angle reverses the last ride into another really tough ankle lock. And at this point, that's when they really start ironing on the point that, oh, man, Taker's never tapped out. He has. Taker's never tapped out before. What's going to happen here, cool? (laughs) (laughs) To his credit, like he's like literally... Like, that hand is shaking. He's going to tap out, but he does manage to break out. Well, and Taker's been selling the leg the whole match. Oh, yeah. He's, He's, like, can barely stand up straight. So, later, Taker goes for the tombstone. Yeah, this this yeah, and this is this is after Kurt Angle's second angle slam of the match. This one being in the ring. And the angle slam is my second favorite moment because Kurt drops the straps and he's doing his whole I'm Kurt Angle, I'm gonna break you. And then as soon as he does that, Taker just sits up. <laughs> he, Kurt it, Angle stops. They happen at the same time, right? Angle drops the straps, Taker sits up. It's almost simultaneous. I get chills talking about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a great moment. All the it's color so drains good. from Kurt Angle's yeah. face. Yeah, and then he goes, <laughs> and then Taker goes for the tombstone. And it's so interesting because we essentially have this like circus act of backflips. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Taker's going to go for the tombstone. Angle rolls back and it's like, like, he's going to go oh for a tombstone. Oh, my God. He's going to do a tombstone. <laughs> and then Taker, Taker rolls roll back. back. <laughs> uh, and then Angle reverses the tombstone into an ankle lock because oh. Kurt Angle. And when he does, you hear Angle audibly, oh, yeah. Like he does this big, like, that's right. <laughs> yes, that's I just great. fucking did that. Like I just reversed another thing. Like Taker's third finisher, I reverse into yeah. an ankle lock. And, and he's proud of himself. pop out when he gets rolled back. <laughs> yeah, and he goes into the grapevine. And that's, that's the signature. When Angle goes into the grapevine and it's wraps over. those legs around that ankle. It's, it's always over. It's always over. But the Undertaker starts hitting these really vicious boots to the face to try yes. to kick himself out of this ankle lock because for the first time first time quote unquote you really feel like the undertaker might tap out oh yeah like, like it like it's a his hand is shaking he's like a like about to tap but he just don't want to do it like he's like his whole body's gyrating because he doesn't want to tap out right right and so the undertaker 
gets those boots to the face. He's able to actually break out of the grapevine, which almost never happens with Kurt. And Angle hits him with a third angle slam. And it looks like he's about to go for the cover or maybe another ankle lock. But Taker puts in the triangle, triangle choke, choke again. So And now uh, Kurt is like going desperate. Every time these two separate, anytime they have a little bit of space between them, it's this look of what the hell is it going to take to beat that oh, guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the crowd just goes insane for it. Um, and so here we do get this, the, the final triangle choke of the match. And, and the fans really don't know what to think at this point is like the, the impression that I'm getting. It's everyone is wondering, could he possibly uh, win the belt like this? Because everyone's kind of living in bizarro world at this point, right? Everyone assumed Rey Mysterio was going straight to WrestleMania. He won the Royal Rumble. That's what happens. But only 30 minutes earlier, Mm -hmm. Randy Orton took that away from him. Yeah. So at this point, who the fuck knows? Right. Are we are we really like there's a moment here where you're thinking, are we getting a a Randy Undertaker rematch for the world title at WrestleMania after they just had this nine month long feud? Would have been very feasible. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a split second where you think that's gonna happen because Kurt Angle is in bad shape in this triangle choke until he's not. He does a forward roll, and then all of a sudden Nick Patrick counts to three. So the roll that he does is technically a jackknife uh, pin, mm-hmm. and it, it it's a beautiful bridge, and it looks awesome. Right, it, and you, it's almost like you've never seen The Undertaker in that position before. Exactly, and The Undertaker ha- I mean, that, it was a heavy heavy pin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he, you're, like the way he's he's essentially bent over almost backwards, he's not gonna be able to break yeah, it, that Yeah, it's hole. like, it's a legitimate pin. Like, like it's like Undertaker <laughs> is legitimately down, but he he's not letting go of the triangle. Right, and so there's confusion. Right. The bell does not ring, and, well the bell rings, I think, but music does not play. No, there's right. no music. Undertaker thinks he's won. Oh, no, I love this because Chimo walked in with the belt. Taker's like, I'll take that. He's walked right past him and gets yep, the curve. Yeah. And he turns around like... That is a great beat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he just turns around and he goes, son of a bitch, I got to wrestle Mark Henry now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so mad about it that he chases Nick Patrick out of the ring. <laughs> then he gets right in Kurt and goes, I got your number, Kurt. Next time. He sure does. But there was never a next time. It's the last time these two wrestled. Yeah, I don't recall another one. Guys, the last 10 minutes of this match are just stupid. They're so good. The last 10 minutes, the reversals, the submissions, the finishers, the angle slams, you name it. Oh, gosh. 2006, Kurt Angle Undertaker, like it... That's as good as it got. That's These so guys good. have incredible chemistry, and mm-hmm. it makes me wish that this program went on for like a year. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me more. Give me more. And and it is a shame that this was sort of a lightning in a bottle one time yeah. deal. Uh, but I'm grateful we got it because damn, it's good. Oh, it's amazing. But uh, I just gotta say, guys, favorite moments. I've already named mine. <laughs> uh, I mean, my favorite moment is easy as the finish. It's. It's really unique. Um, I'm a sucker for a jackknife cover, and yep. the fact that it was in the middle of a submission, it's just, it just it always sticks out in my mind. So finish for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I think for for me, my favorite moment, even though I want to say like there are tombstone reversals into the ankle lock, the moment right before that when Angle pulls the straps down at the same time that the Undertaker <laughs> sits up, sits up. Oh yeah, I just chills. Like those are moments. Like those are moments that you get. 
and they're few and far between. They're few and far between when there's two larger-than-life characters that create that chemistry. It really reminded while me... While not doing a move. It really reminded me of when he wrestled Bray Wyatt at 31. Yeah, yeah. Bray Wyatt was doing a spider walk, and then he sat up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, it reminded me of that, because I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? Oh, we know what's going to happen next. Tombstone. And it happened at, sort of, at the apex. Oh, the exactly. Kurt's the like, I got this, and then Taker just sits up. Like, no, you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I So... Paul, you named a, a couple favorites. What, what What is your favorite part of this uh, the, That tombstone sequence. I love that. I'm a sucker for that sequence. Anytime he does it. He's done it before, but they never did it three times before. That's, 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 I can't think of a time he did it that many reversals. I, I could think of a match where like somebody went for the tombstone and he reversed it. Mm-hmm. Not he goes for the tombstone, they rolled back, and then, they rolled, and then he rolled them back for a tombstone. I cannot think of another... Instance of that before, uh, just oh God. it felt well, a little goofy. It felt like I was watching a circus act, but I, I liked it. I mean, pro, pro wrestling started as like a vaudeville act. True. So I mean, it's has roots in the circus, um, and and that's kind of what brings us back to it, right? It's it's these unique things that people are doing with their bodies that you just don't see anywhere else. Yeah, uh, you said it. You absolutely said it, and that leads us to the ranking. Ugh. Man, oh man! Ugh. I mean, the fact that this is already so 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 difficult for us, and this is our fifteenth match. You know, it's it's a testament to how good these matches are. I mean, that's what it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, last time, if you were with us last time, we ranked Shinsuke Nakamura, Kota Ibushi at number seven. I sat there quietly just in case anyone was going to scream at me through the mic, <laughs> <laughs> but. Now, the first question we have to ask ourselves, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, no way out. Is it in the top 10? Right now, number 10 is the Royal Rumble 2009. 2000, 2009? Yeah, that one. The, the oh, Royal man. Rumble 1992. It's better than outrageous. Royal Rumble 2009, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. guys. Is just Randy Orton going to be able to win the big one at WrestleMania 25? Let's, let's find out. <laughs> 1992 Rumble is currently in the number 10 spot. So, does this crack that top 10? Yes, I think so. I think it beats Royal Rumble 92. <sighs> Initially, my, my first instinct is no, it doesn't crack the top 10. Um, oh, <sighs> the Royal Rumble is so different than everything else on this list, which is why it makes it so, so hard. I know, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, it does. It makes it really, really difficult. Do I, I think that if it's, if it doesn't, beat the rumble then it's number 11 then it's right after the rumble okay so i think it beats the rumble but it doesn't beat eddie versus ray yeah i I was thinking of putting this at number 10 i would put it at number 10 so we bump down the rumble tanaka revival etc but i i love this match but eddie and ray is so special to me it's a special match. You see, uh, you know, for all the chemistry that Undertaker and Angle have, they don't quite have the chemistry of, of Eddie and Ray. Um, and for me, it's going to go over the Rumble 92 just because it's an easier watch. And uh, these two guys are, you know, the, the Royal Rumble 92 have a ton of Hall of Famers, but I would watch 
an Undertaker versus Kurt Angle match before I would watch anybody else in that Rumble 92. Yeah, you know, for for me, the 92 Rumble has implications forever. And this Undertaker Kurt Angle match was in a moment. It, it was here for three weeks and it was gone and that was it. Yeah. And part of how we've ranked these matches in, in some instances has been, you know, the impact and, and what it left afterwards. And this match, quite frankly, is not one that people remember all the time. It's a great match. I think it's, it's one of the best ever in the SmackDown brand. Like I, I love this match and it, and it deserves to be on this list, but compared to the, to the, to the Royal Rumble 92, it just doesn't feel like it, it has that, that gravity, which is, which is why I, I would put it at 11, but I'm totally up to, I'm, I'm fine with 10 if you want to put it above the rumble. I feel like this is going to be a, a theme because it's already happened twice now where we're like, Oh, we agree. And like Spence like, oh, I don't know. He raises a very good point. This has <laughs> happened before. Uh, and only- Spencer, usually you're able to convince me that it, you know, you, you, you're really good at selling your point. Um, this match holds a very special place in my heart, yeah. particularly. Yeah, so sure. I would I will selfishly stand my ground and say I think it should go at ten. Yeah, and I I totally get it. And that's part of why this list is so difficult is because we all have different feelings about them, and mm-hmm. we and they all mean something different to us, right? That's, because that's of true. where we saw them for the first time or whatever that may be. And that's why we have a ranker so that you guys that are listening can go rank it yourself because we know that every single one of these matches for as many listeners as we have, it's going to feel different to all of you. That's true. And that's why, that's why we want you to go rank it. You can go to the ranker and tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. Ranker.com slash last match standing, and it won't look anything like our list. And that's okay because both of those things are going to go into what we decide will be our last match standing. Actually right now they're actually pretty similar. Yeah, there's a, just, there's a few swap key like differences. Two matches around and it's like identical. Yeah, so super super interesting. So so you're gonna stay at ten. I I'm gonna be eleven, Paul. Uh, I I've got to stand my ground. That's fine. I mean, I feel because I, if you know I what don't I feel stand like my right ground, now, then shut we're gonna down, Spencer. Shut uh, down. Hang on. If I don't stand my ground, then we're gonna talk about it for another twenty minutes, like we did the last two. <laughs> well, that's times. fine. And, and listen, like I. <laughs> in no way think that my opinion should sway you guys necessarily. I just, those are my well, thoughts. It, it, it and has feelings. like three times in the past. So. Well, you know what I feel like a little bit right now, since I was just denied so heavily is I feel a little bit like podcast hitman, just a touch like the villain. Like I feel a little bit like a villain Ugh. right now. Damn. Yeah. He went there. There you go. Podcast. Well, I haven't, I haven't talked about you in a while. And there you are. Jesus Spencer. Um, Even. <laughs> we appreciate you so much, but even I wouldn't stoop that low. We are going to keep it at 10, number 10 on the list. So the way things stand now, uh, Eddie and Ray will be at nine undertaker, Kurt Angle from no way out is a 10 and then Royal rumble 11. Awesome. And Tanaka 12 DIY revival, 13 cactus Jack, triple H 14 and Kurt Angle again with the best in the world. Chitting at number 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call back. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, enjoy the season premiere of SmackDown on Fox for the very first time. It's been a hell of a week in wrestling, guys. And uh, we are excited to cover whatever match that we're going to do next. Um, I imagine it'll be a Twitter poll of some kind. I think it's time to do that again. So we will, we will tweet out there. Um, most likely we'll tweet it during... Monday Night Raw this upcoming week so that you can think about it while you're watching. 
um, or not watching. Totally your prerogative. Um, feel free. You're your own person. Yeah, it'll last for a couple days. So, you know, you can watch it. Uh, you can vote on it while you're watching Dynamite or NXT, whichever one you choose to be watching next week. Or while you're taking a shit. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Great. <laughs> That's usually what I do. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. So uh, for those of you that listened to us this whole time, thank you so much. Feel free to share, uh, rate us, review us, the whole thing. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, send us any more match suggestions you have on Twitter at LastMatchCast. You can email us at LastMatchStanding at gmail.com. Anywhere you want to get in touch with us, find a way. Don't forget, Hope is our new social media manager, and she is going to love to interact with you guys on social media. And we cannot wait to see what you guys want next. We don't know what continent we'll be on. We don't know what year we'll be on, but we know we're going to be ranking one of the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. And I'm Landon. And this is Last Last Match Match Standing. Standing.